You're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And I am Rob. So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. Okay, guys, let's talk about being the cool girl or the nonchalant casual guy. We all want to be those people, especially in the new stages of a relationship where everyone's trying to act like they're not falling for the other person, even though that's the whole freaking point, or they need to be on their best behavior. The second something shakes up the relationship, like, for example, an ex pops back into the picture, or somebody canceled a date, or a text doesn't get answered as fast as it normally does, all these insecurities start to threaten to knock you off of your I'm cool pedestal. And not only are you worried about the issue that occurred, but now you're also stressed out about acting affected by the said incident, and then ultimately have this crazy fear of pushing away your potential partner. So complicated. Yeah, I mean, this is a tough one because we all preach being true to yourself and setting boundaries and stuff, but sometimes reactions are hard to control and you go into default mode when you feel threatened, you start to spiral. And even with all the therapy you've had and all the books that you've read, staying cool is easier said than done. I have a friend who is literally today currently going through this where she went on a date with somebody um, two days ago that I and another friend set her up with. And we're like, why hasn't this happened before? We don't understand. You guys are perfect for each other. And they both kind of fill in like the needs of like, you know, when somebody's like, oh, I only date this type or this type. Well, they both yeah. kind of fill in that like their needs for each other. And the date went great. Little smooches at the end, <laughs> texting on the way home. Today, so that was Wednesday at Friday at 1 p.m. She starts texting me, why do men suck? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? She's like, when do I st-? she's like, I'm not, I'm not freaking out yet, but I'm still trying to be chill. Um, but like, why like, I haven't heard anything. And I'm like, it hasn't been 48 hours. Right. Like, let it sit. Let him, he's a busy guy. <laughs> you know, it's not like you guys are dating or this is like three weeks in or whatever. It's been, it's been one date Wednesday. You had a good time. If you don't hear from him till Sunday, then give me a call. Then we can chat about what's going on and what he's doing and playing cool guy. You know what I mean? But right now, you like she's and she's such a common collector, but deep down, right? She's very insecure about like whether she's good enough for certain people. So, and even she even admitted that in her friendships that she's had for years, she walks out of the room and wonders if they talk shit about her. Like it's, it's kind of like the way that she's been raised socially. So like this topic could not have been at a better time for especially what's going on today. Does she listen to our show? Yes. Shout out to her then. Yeah. (laughs) But I, you know, I'm going to just say this, like I'm very glad the stages of being the cool girl are over and done with for me. Um, I think 
I was not cool at all with Daniel in the beginning. So it, it seemed to work out. And I think if that's a good example for anybody else out there, like I put it all out there, he put it all out there. Neither of us were cool. We're still not cool. But there are always points in every stage of a you know dating or a relationship where insecurities arise. Like you were saying, Rob, like sometimes they just show their ugly head and boundaries need to be reset and communicated. So like maybe your friend needs to say like, hey, I really feel great when I am like, starting to see somebody and we kind of check in every now and then like that she can find a way of saying it how Mm -hmm. it doesn't where it doesn't sound like needy but more just like she can say it she can say it on saturday exactly you know what i mean yeah or the next time they see each other like she could be like oh how what how's your week been like and then they get together and then she'll she could say something about it then or just just throwing this out there she Mm -hmm. could say something too Oh yeah. Anybody she could reach out too. anyway. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. So to make the next step happen. But so what happens though, when you take off the cool girl or nonchalant guy mask and act how you actually really feel in the moment? Well, we're really excited to introduce our guest, Dr. Veronica Anderson, intuitive guide and relationship coach for high performers, who is here today to discuss how to transform inner doubts and insecurities into unwavering calm confidence how to leave behind the cool girl or guy persona and break free from societal expectations in order to magnetize the life you truly desire, and how practicing all of this can ultimately help you gain acceptance and appreciation for being a nonconformist. I would say, in my case, uh, Daniel and I were nonconformists. So I'm glad that we both did that. It worked out for us, but we're going to learn a lot today. Yeah. And as an intuitive guide and relationship coach, Dr. Veronica brings a unique blend of medical and spiritual expertise to her clients. She started her success, her, she started her career as an eye surgeon, maybe third eye, maybe the third eye surgeon. After graduating from Princeton University and Rutgers Medical School, today she is a licensed physician, practicing psychic, and Colby certified consultant with a diverse background as an integrative medicine physician. Veronica finds deep fulfillment in guiding individuals to overcome unique and complex issues through her signature respect method, as well as tools such as the Colby assessment and human design. She helps high achieving professionals cultivate successful careers, healthy habits, and relationships by teaching them how to be their authentic selves and appreciate their true identities. Maybe these people really like Excel docs. I don't know, PowerPoints maybe. It sounds like they do. They also probably like books because Veronica is a best-selling author of four books and her works include Too Smart to Be Struggling and Get the Respect You Deserve, Seven Secrets to Getting Seen and Heard in Your Job and Relationships. We love that. She also hosted her own podcast and AM radio show with appearances on national television and various syndicated radio shows and podcasts. She went from eye surgeon to a doctor that can really see what your inner inner struggles are. (laughs) See what I did there? She's here to guide us towards being seen and gaining some R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Welcome to the show, Dr. Veronica. Well, thanks so much for being here, and I'm happy to be with the trio, and I'm sure your guests say this is complicated for us as guests. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. We try to uncomplicate things, but that's why you're here, Dr. Ronica. You are going to help us uncomplicate some questions we have for you. And before we break down into all of the goodness, we ask everyone on our show, are you single, in a relationship, or is it complicated for you? 
So I'm married and I've been married for 11 and a half years this go round. I plan to have this one last. And I think that what will make it last is my inter- determination that it's going to last and putting out to the universe that we're going to make this work. Yeah. So you're <laughs> so you say this go around and you talk now because you're a spiritual doctor. Do you, are you saying in this lifetime or are you saying in like you've been married before? I have been married before in this carnation. Okay. Um, I was married to my college sweetheart. And that's a complicated story because we had a very good marriage, but I decided one day that it wasn't, I was not where I thought I should be. And I had to come to that realization and then get up the courage to say, you know what, I, I want to take a break out of this. And when I said that to my former husband, he wasn't having it. He said, no breaks, we're getting divorced mm. <laughs> now. Um, I can tell you that I could see that coming One, I'm intuitive. So I could see it coming on my wedding day when I was walking down the aisle with my husband, with my father. I remember standing there, everybody had gone into the church and I look at my father and said, dad, I'm really scared. And he looked at me and said, it'll be okay. Now, most people say, oh my God, something horrible happened and you knew you shouldn't have gotten, no, that's not the way it was. I was happy. The wedding was fine. The relationship was generally very happy. I mean, all couples have, you know, their pros and cons and things that happen. But I would say all through our marriage, we had a good marriage and we were good friends and we worked together to build our life. I just came to the realization one day that I felt like I was supposed to do something else, be somewhere else, be with somebody else, but I had no idea even what that was. I could not see it clearly. And I was a practicing ophthalmologist at that time. Mm. And one of my patients said to me, because I was, I had become depressed and very few people could see what was happening. But, you know, some people who were very intuitive and watching could see that things weren't right, even though I was smiling and everything seemed great. And this woman said to me, well, sometimes you have to let go of what you have to see what's going on, uh, what's going to come to you in the future. And that's true. There's times where you have to exercise, what is it, that, that faith and you're on that doing that trapeze thing where you have to let go and you're in the air with holding on to nothing and going towards something else. And you don't know, am I going to catch it or am I going to fall? And guess what? I did fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Severe depression and all of the other type of stuff. But it was because I had the courage to let go. And I want to share with you a little bit about what my life was like, because people will, there's somebody on your show that needs to, that's going to need to hear this. I had this really beautiful life that people dream of. We lived in a a 10,000 square foot house that we had built from scratch on five acres with 10 bathrooms and all that kind of beautiful stuff. We had, I had furs, houses, cars, first gas, first class travel. And before even anybody knew what it was, American Express had sent us a black card. So I want to be an eye doctor. I want to be an optometrist. Let me just tell you, it was a, a collective thing. And it wasn't simply because I was an eye doctor. Right. I mean, eye doctors do well, because I tell people I was walking around making almost a million dollars a year, working part time. Mm-hmm. That's what the life of a doctor was like. 
Um, but my former husband was in private equity and he put zeros on what I made. Mm, there it is. There it is. <laughs> so and it was a very, very different lifestyle where we were in, I was in room multiple times with famous people and celebrities. I have this beautiful picture with me, my former husband and two of my sons with Barack Obama long before he became the president because um, we both went to school with Michelle Obama. And when he was coming on the scene, everybody said, send money and support Michelle's husband. And so we ended up, we were in that circle of people <laughs> that was a supporter of a friend's husband mm-hmm. who, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so there Veronica, so you, in our life. when you just like had this intuition and then you led this beautiful life, not only like people feel like, okay, I need to leave my husband or my wife. Like not only are they doing something really hard and leaving like a romantic relationship and connection, but you also on top of it had to leave potentially this crazy lifestyle that a lot of people stay in marriages just to have. So or get in marriages just to have like double stress on your part. And then you flash all the way back to your wedding day where you're like, I had this thought, Oh my God, like this must've been so stressful and scary and you still did it. So like, what was your, what did you, how'd you just make yourself say, I'm going to be okay. And I got to tell you, there was a lot of shame and guilt for feeling the way I did. I felt, and people would tell me, I just don't know how to be happy and I'm ungrateful. Mm-hmm. I was going to say your family and friends must have been like, what are you doing? Yeah. What's the matter with her? And I mean, we were um, in a church and I even taught Sunday school with my former husband And um, so we had this life that people would think is absolutely perfect. (laughs) Okay. Um, I, here's what was happening in the background. I was having intuitive hits. I, it became salient to me that to put it in no other terms, I can cover it up with all kinds of fancy terms. It was very salient to me that I I'm psychic. Mm-hmm. I was having those hits and realizing that I knew things that there was no physical or logical explanation for that. And yet I was living this lifestyle. There was nobody around me who talked about that or had that, who was admitting it. Especially if you and, were into the church, right? Especially if you're in a church. Well, you know, we were in a black Baptist church and I said, well, if I called myself prophetess, everybody would think I was cool and okay, but I'll, that wasn't my shtick. Right. I mean, it's okay. not Jewish, but I have a lot of Jewish friends. It wasn't my thing um, to say I was a prophetess or anything like that. It was just, I had, and I have these, I'm very clairvoyant. <laughs> so I see things like films or things will pop in, cool. but the other senses are there too. Um, and somebody else who knows this is a, this is a sense that everybody had has, except we've been taught to, that it's not real and suppress it. And it was just becoming really salient to me. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do with it? People say, well, how do you know the difference between your imagination and these intuitive visions or any type of hit? And they're so clear and detailed. I mean, really, it's not an imaginative thing. When I do intuitive readings for people, I can tell little tiny details. And when I'm doing this for somebody else, they'll be shaking your head and, you know, it just, wow. it's there. 
like looking at a film or you hear something, you some it's like a voice says something to you. You it's not a voice that you can necessarily identify. It's not one of those ego voices that tends to be blah 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 and says a lot of negative stuff, not the ego type voice like that. It's really a informant, a formative piece of information. Like one time I was in a conference and I was in the outside of a room and looking into this woman talking. And I turn and look, there's this guy coming down. And all of a sudden I hear these words, she's got to get away from him. (laughs) And I'm like, so I'm hearing this and I'm not saying, well, where did that come from? Like you see in the movies, but it's clear. She's got to get away from him. And then later on, I find out that this guy is the husband of the woman who's in the room. And he had been hitting on other women who were at this conference. I mean, I found this out later on at the dinner because one of the women was talking about how this guy had hit on her earlier today. And so I get messages. And you can't go up to the woman in her speech, like after the speech and be like, you need to leave. You need to get away from him. I don't know why, but like. Because that's assault. Right. I mean, I, I only share information with people if they open themselves up and ask about it. Mm. Uh, I think sometimes I get these pieces of information just to give me more confidence that I really do. It really is there <laughs> sometimes Makes sense. so that I don't think it's fake or anything like that. Sometimes I think I get messages like that. Um, not as much now anymore because I really know it was real. This is, you know, back in the, in the earlier days when I was really saying, is this real and questioning it? Um, now I've done enough that, I know it is so and connected with people that I know it is. So how did you feel like you, if you stayed in this relationship, you couldn't go down this path? Like it was a whole shift that you had to make. And then once you did this shift, did you feel like you knew this was the place you needed to be? Why did I think I had to leave the relationship? Because there was something in my spirit telling me that that's what I needed to do. Okay. So it wasn't wasn't like, maybe I'm not going to be like an ophthalmologist anymore. I'm going to go into this psychic intuitive thing, but I- No, absolutely not. When I was leaving, absolutely not. I had no idea what, and and I'm going to think of how many years was it after I left? It was a good four years after that, that somebody pointed out to me that I was a medical intuitive. And I was like, a what? I never even heard of that. I was at a conference and a lady sitting across from me who was out practicing psychics sat and looked at me, not knowing me and said, you have visions. You're really good. Don't you? You need to, you know what I'm saying? So I got outed because we said, <laughs> no, we know each other. And it, it, it was very shocking to me, but I didn't say no, because I, I, I knew what she was talking about. Yeah, right. I knew exactly what she was talking yeah, about. Awesome. And at that same table, I was with a woman named Jane Sanders who does scientific hand analysis. And I said, oh, that sounds cool. I want to get that done. And I did a handprint, did handprints for her. And she sat, pulled it back and said, oh my gosh, you have some really remarkable things going on here. I can't wait to do a full analysis on it. I'm just going to tell you, just before I say anything else, you have a lot of gift markings in your hands. Now, fast forward to her doing the full analysis and telling me about who I am based on my hand analysis. She said, you have eight gift markings. Only 10 to 15 of the percent of the population has any gift markings and you have eight of them and five of them are intuitive. 
And if you are not doing something with this, you are not on your master path in life. Mm. Now, this is four years after I decided to walk away from my previous life doing what I was doing before. I had not come out as a psychic or anything like that. I knew it was there, but the words had never live come out of my mouth or anything like that. It was like I was in hiding. The intuition, (laughs) the intuition helped you walk away. It was this woman that helped you find your purpose. The intuition, there was something like people talk about trust your gut and follow your intuition. It was something that I knew I had to do. I knew it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And I know there are a lot of people who get these hits, but they don't trust themselves enough to actually take action on them. I get it. I, that's, I, I just moved to Austin out of nowhere last year, like within three weeks. I found a, like, I went to visit, found a place and then I came back and had to tell all my friends and they were like, Aren't, don't you want to think about it? I'm like, no, I just know I'm not, I'm supposed to go. I know I'm not supposed to be here anymore. And, and, and I literally just picked, so I, I get it. I don't know what I'm doing here yet, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know why, but like, to be there. but I, I know that I'm supposed to be here. I know I was supposed to get out of LA, but like, I'm in that moment now. I'm in that four years where you were kind of in that like gray place where I'm like, okay, well, let's, well, I guess I'll figure out why soon. Oh, it was so obvious after you leave and you do what you are, that you're, you're, you're really connected. What was happening at this point is I was really connected with source mm-hmm. universal consciousness. Some people may say it's God, but not the God that we're taught in the Judeo-Christian Islamic value system. It's not the dogma God that most of us are brought up with. Yeah. This was really a, a much deeper connection where you're getting messages of you have a desire in you. And Sometimes you can't even verbalize a desire, but you can see there's something there for you. And you and the only way to have really a, an abundant life is to go at that desire. And it's not analytical at all. And so this is why when I work with people now, part of my method is to help people understand what their own intuition feels like, because it's different in everybody, mm. right? You have to figure out what does it feel like in me so I can actually trust it. It's a muscle and you have to practice using it. And once you get it stronger, you'll be like, it is always right. I will always heed it. I don't care what anybody says. So with that, I mean, we always talk about dating and relationships and all the different phases of it. But in this case today, we're talking about kind of the initial phases of being like a cool girl or a nonchalant guy. And there's a lot that we've all experienced in that phase where it seems very murky in one, if you're using dating apps and things, you don't really know the other person, but you go out with somebody and then you may not hear from them. And where then do you kick (laughs) in doubt versus intuition that maybe something is actually not right here, or maybe you just need patience. Like which one of these elements is really one to pay attention to because it could, we, we don't, I think we're all at the point where we know we don't know anything. And so we lean on doubt. <laughs> okay. So and this fear. all goes by universal law and it's the ask, believe, receive, but you have to ask in a particular way. Okay. So I want to tell you my relationship origin story with my current husband, my soulmate. And let me say something about soulmate. Um, you can have multiple soulmates. Yeah. 
if you understand, you can have multiple soulmates. Because I don't say that my uh, former husband is not the soulmate. He and I got together for a particular purpose at the time, and then we came to completion. Okay, let's just say it sort of nicely. It's kind of like, I don't know if you're watching the New York story about uh, Bill de Blasio and his um, wife who have decided that they're moving to a different phase in their relationship. It's just, you know, they're adulting in a nice way. But um, I think we have all these people around us who are in our soul group, who are meant to teach us lessons. A lot of times the romantic partners are the ones that are teaching us the most intense lesson. And it's not like we're in a, in a classroom. It's not like that person is quote unquote, super spiritual because people say, I want somebody who's spiritual like me. Uh Uh-uh. If you think you're so spiritual and everybody else isn't, that's just pointing out that you ain't as spiritual as you think you are. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you were, you would be attracting that kind of, if you were on that plane, that's what you're going to attract. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is all really universal law of attraction, but understanding completely, not in a magical way, but completely how the laws of the universe work. So with my current husband, I, um, after I was divorced, I decided I would like to meet my perfect partner. And what does that look like? What does my perfect partner look like? And when I say look like, what are the qualities of my perfect partner? So one day, March, I can tell you the date because I, I can see it in my journal when I wrote it, March 22nd, I wrote a um, page and a half of qualities of my perfect partner and all in the positive. Now, how did I know what those qualities were? Well, after you've been through relationships, especially a divorce, you look at that other person and you say, well, what is it about that relationship that did not work for me? Okay. Well, what's the opposite of that? Write that down because that's what you want. So being in a relationship that doesn't work for you, we go by comparing contrast. So if you know what doesn't work and what you don't want, that means that what you do want, you know, and then you have to start focusing on that. So I wrote this beautiful list of what my perfect partner's qualities would be. Like he would be attractive to me and he would be spiritual and just all these, you know, healthy and all the type of qualities that I wanted or felt that my soulmate had and does have. And I wrote it all and put it away. It was in my journal. I put it away. And then I kept walking in life and I lived the law of attraction. And specifically also, I remember reading The Soulmate Secret by Arielle Ford and actually meeting her and putting in place the life of living it as it is. I slept on one side of my bed. I had moved into a new house. I had my closets done. One closet was my female closet, all my clothes in it. I had the built out of my, uh, the closet factory of the male stuff and nothing was in that closet at all because it was for him. I parked my car on one side of the garage. Um, I just really live and I had time to put into a relationship. And this is where a lot of people go wrong, especially women who are smart. They're like, I'm busy, 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 busy. Well, you busy, you, they, they, nobody, they no relationship gonna happen because you don't have time or space for it. So I carved out time and space for a relationship and for my perfect partner to enter and kept my eyes open of wh- who is it going to be. And when I was just very expected and hopeful, 
And my best friend, Bonnie, one day said, you should visit my psychic. Now, in the meantime, I got to tell you what was happening. And I was talking to Bonnie about, I was having these visions and she said, oh, you're having past life memories. I would have these visions and I could tell stories that were in detail and I'd meet somebody and I'd know them like all that. It was a past life memory. So I went to her psychic, um, Carol London was her name. She's deceased at this point, who was very, uh, very much an advisor to a lot of people that are well-known. And she did a reading for me and told me that the guy I was dating adored me, but he wasn't my cup of tea and he's got issues. I knew all that already. Um, She told me about my former husband. She told me about my sons. She told me so many things that were just so very accurate. In addition to, this was in October 2011, she told me I was going to get married in 2012. We're in fourth quarter of 2011. No, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're in fourth quarter. It was in 2010. We're in fourth quarter of 2010, October of 2010. She told me I was going to marry in 2012. (laughs) Fourth quarter. Now I'm like, okay, fast fall. And I was confused because everything else she said was so very accurate. I was like, what's going on here? So I had a friend. I still have this friend. He's like my brother, Leo, who owned a store in our town. He's, um, was a, um, like very high level football player, soccer, what we call. And he had played for the country of Senegal. And I met him in our town, which I joke. I'm like, I'm in a town. It's so white. There's not even any Indians and Asians. Right. So I walk in the store. There's this black man there at the store sitting behind the register. And I'm like, well, who's he? I don't know him. I haven't seen him around town. We ended up becoming friends. And I kept asking him, do you know any people that I can date? You got to know. So he's like, all my friends are married. All my friends are married. So that the December comes around. He says, I'm having a party at my house. I have this party every year. Come to the party on Christmas Eve. So I go to this party. I walk in the room. I say hi to everybody. Hi, hi, hi. I look at people. And I'm like, I'm not talking to any of these guys because they are married. And I don't want, and let me tell you the history behind that. I had decided at one point I was dating married men because I didn't want to deal with all the other stuff, mm-hmm. right? So we went, that's a whole nother show. I dated married men on purpose. It was a part of my life. I could tell you a lot about why that happens and the mindset behind that. If women were like, oh my God, she's horrible. Hey, no, relationships are complicated, as you say, right? <laughs> so at this party, um, at the dinner time. I'm going up to the table to have some food. It's all like, you know, traditionally African dishes that I don't particularly know. And this guy walks up by me and says, oh, you should taste that over there. I don't even turn my head and look at the guy. I said, thank you very much. And that's all I said to this guy. So guess what? That guy's my husband. (laughs) (laughs) He did not talk at the party except to say hello. When the first thing, when I met everybody, hi, 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 hi. He came to me. I said, thank you very much. But as far as I knew, everybody's married there. So I wasn't talking to anybody or getting close to anybody at this place. It was going to be very superficial. So January comes around. I say to my friend, you got to know somebody. There's got, he's like, well, in actuality, I do. And you met him at the party. Now, I didn't even remember which guy it was. And he sets us up to meet each other. I call up. We talk about each other. My husband is a Taekwondo master. Mm. And I 
at that point was a first degree black belt in Taekwondo. That was exciting to me. So we got on the phone and he told me about that. And I said, oh, I'm have a first degree black belt. And so we had something that we were connecting over. Well, he also and- obviously remembered you. He came up to you at the table and tried to start a conversation. So he definitely he nudged did? his buddy. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what ends up happening is we get together. Um, I call him up. It's my birthday. I'm going to New York City to stay in New York. And I call up and say, you told me to call when you come to New York City. I'm calling up. See, you want to get together. I couldn't even remember what he looked like. I'm staying at the W Hotel in Times Square. He comes to get me. I don't know if you've ever been in New York into the W, but there was this really crazy bar scene. You've been there? I've stayed at that (laughs) hotel. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, my God. So I go down. I'm looking at all these people like, how am I going to know he is? And then I see him. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, he's pretty cute, right? So we went out on a date that night. And I remember at dinner just talking to him and something in me was saying, yeah, yeah, what something. Ooh, I don't know what it is. And and we were just having a normal conversation, but I could feel whatever it was of the connection. Now I can tell you what it is now in anybody who knows about human design, we're a nine Oh couple. Okay. Okay, Yeah. And that's also to interject for a second, that's the Colby. um, And and that's something you specialize in the Colby assessment. So tell people what, tell our listeners what that is and how maybe they could like get an assessment or whatever in order to help in situations. Let's talk about that. Okay. So first I want first the asking, you have to be clear about what it is that you really want in your perfect partner in your relationship. And until you are really clear, don't you can't say, I'll know it when I see it. It's not how it works. You have to put out exactly what you want very clearly and you will get what you want. So if you're having a bunch of bad relationships, you put that out there somehow and you have to take responsibility for it. But let's move on to some tools that people can use because I know now people want to get deep and analytical. So the Colby index checks your MO and how you do things. There are three parts of the brain, the cognitive, which is your thinking and reasoning IQ, the wonder lick work assessment is an IQ test. Then there's your affective, that's your emotions, personality test, disc, ideograms, Meyer-Briggs. So you got thinking, feeling. Well, the third part of the brain called cognitive is doing how you actually take action and do what you do. And that's what the Colby index is. So we all do differently. Mm. Now, most of the people that I see are what are called fact finders, which means data, data, data. They're always looking for evidence and data. They're very analytical. I think most people are what are called fact finders. There's four types. Okay. Um, And when you figure out that I do things different than everybody else and, and everybody's Colby is different. Okay. You get four numbers and we say that you initiate in whatever your your highest number is. A low number is not bad. A high number is not good. And I want to offer you all can get a free Colby assessment. I know you're going to want one now mm-hmm. so you can see what you are. Yes, okay. Absolutely. I always offer my host to it in the audience. If you send me a note, I will do a, a Colby for you so you can know <laughs> how do you actually take action. Now, this is generally used in a team building, hiring corporate setting. And that's how people get introduced to the Colby most of the time. But when you ask those people, how has the Colby impacted your life? They always talk about personal situation and how it has helped them understand themselves, their spouse, their children, just everyone around them. And they say, oh, wow. Now I'm what's called a quick start 
It is what it sounds like, very visionary and innovative. I'm a, on a one to 10 scale, I'm a nine. <laughs> okay. I rarely, I've met one, well, I've, I've met a couple of 10 because I know some Colby people, but I've, I, you know, walking around or the Colby's I've done, I've never seen a 10 a quick start. I've only, I have one friend that's a nine. We're super high. We're the visionary. We're seeing, this is how we, we are the risk takers. And a lot of people that you see are entrepreneurs are probably quick starts because we jump off the ledge and then all the information after. But a lot of people are the fact finder type, which could make it hard to go into relationships because you're always looking for data, 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 and you never can have enough of it. And you're always, you know, there's there's also that, uh, you know, confirmation bias where you see one thing. Yeah, ah, that's it. That's the data. You get confirmation bias and you're getting it wrong. Well, okay. I think that, so that's- that confirmation bias is probably what lean, like lends itself to insecurities in the early phases of dating, where you decide somebody is probably like, you know, that kind of person. And then they don't contact you because they're probably busy or whatever, or maybe dating is just not like their first priority in that moment. But then you decide because they're not doing that thing. Well, then that supports my initial judgment of them. But speaking of collecting data, you also have um, what you call your respect method. Can you tell us what that means and uh, give us some data on that? And then within that, I'm going to talk about human design because this is what really gets people. So the respect method is a process for you having a relationship with you. It is there so you can go through the steps you need to get on the right energy and vibrational frequency so that you get the results in life that you want to get. So people say, do this, do that. And you're like, well, what do I do? That's why, you know, listen, my background is that of a doctor, which means a scientist. So although I'm a quick start and I'm what's called splenic, the I'm a five one, which means I'm an investigator. I have that thing going on in me and I will, I like processes. I'm just like, you know, give me some steps and processes. So when people don't have it and they're willy nilly about it, it drives me bananas. Okay. So even though I'm not a fact finder, there's that in me of, Show me how to do it in a repeatable, reliable fashion. And because I'm what's called splenic intuitive, where things just, I get my information by hits. This is how this respect method came to me. Um, But it came to me after working with clients and figuring out, okay, what happened to me? What are they doing? What am I telling them to do? Why are they getting results? Right? So you, it came into me, the engineering of this. So number one, R, reflect and take radical responsibility. This is about knowing exactly where you are and admitting that you have created your life. Even if you don't want to admit it, you have created where you are, whether you like it or you don't like it. Now, if you don't like it, you have to say, here's what happened. And I admit my part in this period. So if you cannot take responsibility for creating your life, click off the show. Just click off the show right now. Sorry. <laughs> just, you know what I'm saying? You're, no hope for you at this moment, maybe in the future. Yes. But right now, okay. The first thing is that you have to want uh, understand you're a creator. And so therefore that's the position of being in power and empowerment, recognizing that you are a creator. Now, the next thing is to learn, well, how do I create what I want to create? And that's the rest of everything else. The E is for evaluate your beliefs. There's a lot of things that you believe and most of your beliefs, other people gave to you 
based on your culture, your society, your gender, your race, all those things, your religion, where you were born in the world, all those things, the labels and tags and beliefs are generally what somebody else has told you. And you have to decide what is about this that I really do believe and want to keep because it's serving me and what am I going to throw away? You have to evaluate that because you cannot move further without figuring out what you really believe. And I have people say, I don't know what I really want. It's because you have to figure out what is it that you really believe. The next is surrender to your spirit. This is the phase where we use Colby, but also human design, um, where you find out who are you as an authentic spiritual being and how do you actually use that to get results. So I'm not going to go into a major dissertation on human design, but it is an energetic system that puts together I Ching, quantum neutrino physics, the chakra system, um, and, and it works beautifully using a natal chart because you must have your time, date, and place. The planets are all moving. We're all different. And you figure out on a high level What's one of these five types am I? And based on that, what is my strategy for getting results and interacting with life? That's a very overview high. However, when we when I'm working with my clients, we dig even deeper than that, but we start with your type. So for instance, I'm what's called a projector. We're about 20% of the population. We have to wait for invitations and wait for recognitions. In fact, that's why I don't pitch myself to shows. I, it's got to be other people's ideas to work with me and call me and interview me. If I do my own pitching, it lands flat and people don't like me and they don't even know why. That's right? me with so, dating. That's me with dating. <laughs> but it's good to know stuff like this, Dr. Veronica, because if you're like, I'm a projector or whatever, like maybe that's why I fall flat on dates. Like you need to know these things it, about yourself. Yes. Yes, I can't, exactly. I, I tell people all the time I'm out on the dating apps because I don't know how to I don't know how to promote myself. If you want to, if like I'll know if you want to be with me, but I'm not going to go show myself out there. Like you said, I'm not going to go. You have to people. know how to be your authentic self. And people say, "Well, what does that mean?" And that's why I use human design because I can say, "Okay." This is your type. And so this is your strategy. So when you're going on a dating app, this is the strategy you're going to use. Mm. And then all of a sudden what happens is it works and people think it's genius and brilliant. I'm like, I didn't do anything except point out to you who you really are and what your energy is. So you may have, so for instance, as a projector, my aura is magnetic as long as I'm waiting. But when I start pursuing, it becomes repulsive. Mm. And so that can happen personally and professionally, right? So you might be, you're being, you might be taught to do things one way and that's not the way you should be doing it because that's not your energetic type. Mm -hmm. Now on the other side, you have to understand about energetic matches and channels and things like that. So I mentioned my husband and I are what's called a nine-o couple, there are nine energy centers. And what happens is when we come together, all the energy centers are defined. And so they call it a nowhere to go couple because we meet our, our needs so very well energetically that we don't need anybody outside of our relationship generally. And it can be very harmonious. Okay. Now I want to give you an example of some nine O couples and why they didn't work or didn't work. 
And I love to use King Charles for this because he's been in two 9-0 relationships. King Charles with Princess Diana, they were a 9-0 couple. And you're like, well, you just said they're energetically meeting any other needs. Why did they not work? Because if you look at the electromagnetic channels, which keep some of the glue of the zzz, zzz, keep you together, I can't stand it. I got to be my hands on you all the time. They only had one of them. Mm. When you looked at things like channels of compromise, they had a lot of those. They didn't have any friendship channels. So you look at the main thing, you're like, they're good. But then when you look deeper down, you can see why the relationship would have trouble. But let me tell you why it had even more trouble. Because Camilla and him are also a 9-0 couple. They have seven, I think, electromagnetic channels. And they're balanced when it comes to compromise and companionship. If you look at them as a 9-0 couple, you will always look, if you don't know personalities anything, Camilla is the right person over Diana for King Charles. And this has nothing to do with feeling. We all love Diana. By the way, Diana was a projector. This is why we all loved her because projectors just have sort of a way of being. And you notice um, Queen Elizabeth was a projector. So think about when I'm telling you about people that just have a way of being and you just like them and there's something about them that just feels good. Yeah. Um, let me, me tell you other me. projectors. That's you. It could be <laughs> projector, right? Uh, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, Nelson Mandela, Barbara Streisand. So I'm telling Evers. you something. Yeah. Yeah, right. It so, slides right in. But what happens is you're this spiritual being, but then when you get into a couple, you're a there's a third being produced. And so what you're meant to do, purpose and destiny as a couple, you can look at when you do a composite chart. So wait, just okay. to interrupt real quick, do people when you have your clients and they're coming to you and you're helping them? Can they bring you a potential mate or like two and be like, yeah. which one, which one gets me yeah. a seven and which one gets me a one? They can do that. Yes. Yeah, so let, let me just tell you where oh. I can do that from a human design standpoint, wow. but I do intuitive readings and I've had people come to me and say, I'm dating. I, I remember this one guy who was um, somebody who was well-known in his particular field. And he's like, I'm dating two people and I really like them both, but which one is the right one? Now, I never met him or the two people. I said, give me the birth date. And I said, well, here's this person, blah, blah, blah. And I'm doing an intuitive reading. This person, blah, 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 blah. This person, blah, 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 blah. This person right here, right now at this point in life, this would be the better match for you. Wow. And I did that when being able to energetically, you know, and I didn't know him or the people. And he's like, yeah, I felt that. Oh. <laughs> okay. But there so they're different. So then you're also teaching people how to tap into their own intuition so that when you give them some direction because you're so well-versed, then they can then go, okay, that's actually now. What yeah. I'm it could be like, pick, pick a hand, any, like I, you tell me, you think of a number and hold it in your head and I'll tell you what that number is type deal. Like you well, pick which well, one you like, and I'll tell you which one's the right one. That's why I like the human design because once I know what your human design is and you know what it is, I can tell you, here's how you tap into your intuition. Your chart looks like this. And based on this, you tap into your intuition like this. Now I want you to go out and do that and tell me what happens. And invariably people come back and like, oh my God, oh my God. Okay. And that's, what's just so wonderful about it. Well, it sounds like, I mean, 
if you do it yourself, obviously, versus as a couple, if you were in a couple, like you could learn so very much about all of it. But like, do you think all single people then should definitely do it because it would prevent them from going out with somebody who they might feel insecure with? Would they feel settled and more like, would they have calm confidence if they were identifying with people who might be more of a number that matters to theirs? I do not advocate that people do a human design on all their potential matches. Why? (laughs) You need to know you and you and all types of couples can work together. You're just going to have different purposes and things that you have to work through based on your match as a couple. So why would you want to get the human design of a potential partner so you can understand their type and destiny and everything like that? So I had a client, I wrote about her in my Get the Respect You Deserve book, who I said to her, let me, let me, let's do your, the guy who walked out on you, who you're so beside yourself about, let's do his chart and see what it is. Well, he had the channel of searching. I said, this is not about you. He has the channel of searching. He's always going to be looking for something in a different way. That's who he is. And just know it's not about you. That's his purpose and destiny. And not only, so let's- not only can these, these assessments help people discover like what other outside circumstances have contributed to where they're at now, but it can help you in the moment decide, okay, um, like we were bringing up in the beginning of the show, I'm so worried. I'm trying to be the cool girl in this relationship. Like his ex is texting him and it's making me really nervous, but I'm super afraid to tell him that because I don't want to look like I'm not cool and like, you know, like I'm falling in love with him. I have this mask on. How can this help people (laughs) remove that mask and be like, you know what? This is authentically me. Like, I'm not going to be afraid that you're going to leave me or that you're going to think that I'm too in love with you. Like, how can you help me? How can you help people? understand themselves enough to say, you know what, I'm just going to tell you how I feel. This is bothering me and I'm not going to make a fear-based decision about it anymore. (laughs) That all takes time. But when you have the relationship between you and you getting stronger and stronger, it makes it easier for you to be able to have that situational awareness and intuitively know what's going on. So it's a couple. And the other part of it is as you begin to understand and let go, because this is the rest of the method of the low vibration emotions, you're going to attract a different crowd of people. And so the relationships will look different even from the beginning. So let's go on. So S-R-E-S, surrender. P is for pause. It means stop doing stuff that doesn't work. You know what I mean? If it's not working, stop it. And people have trouble with that with relationships. I got to tell you, one of the most common, I have a relationship quiz. What's your number one relationship mistake? And I can tell you the top answer. I ask people, what do they feel like one of their relationship problems is? And what the top answer is staying too long when I know things aren't right. Yep. Number one, number one answer from men and women. So it feels good because you know it. And let me tell you why it also feels good. I tell people about the three eyes, imprinting, intuition, and instinct. We talked about instinct with the Colby, intuition. We're talking about human design. Imprinting, that first seven years of life where you're only a subconscious mind, your conscious mind is not developed. You're being taught everything from your family, from your culture and society. And there are situations that feel comfortable to you because they're familiar, even if they're dysfunctional. And so if you're in a household with somebody that's an alcoholic and abusive, 
that's going to be more comfortable to you and familiar to you than someone who um, is on the straight and narrow, okay, um, and lives their life a different way. And so you're going to be attracted to that because, it, believe it or not, it feels safe because it's familiar. Yeah. So you have to understand that's there. And that's something that once you understand it's there, we can work through it. And that's why in the beginning with reflecting, I teach people about this imprinting. So mm-hmm. you can say, oh, wow, this is what happened. Well, speaking, right, now- speaking of teaching of that, we're running, a, we're running a little bit out of time. And I want to get how we can get your knowledge, because we could talk about this for five hours. But um, it, when people are looking to coach with you or they want to learn the method or they want to learn the rest of respect, where can they find you? Where, when, where can they reach out? What books can they get? So tell us everything about where we can learn all this yeah. from you. Absolutely. DrVeronica.com. DrVeronica.com. And I have my book here. Well, I don't know if you can, you probably can't see this. Get the respect you deserve. Seven secrets to being seen and heard in your job and relationship, which is on Amazon. Oh, great. But on my website, I have my relationship quiz. What's your number one relationship mistake where you can do it for free. It takes five minutes to get you some reflection. There's also where you can get a human design done and also Colby done. And I do these, I pay for Colby's. I have to pay for them because I think it's so important that you have the experience because once you have the experience and you have the information, you're like, okay, now what do I do with it? And it's like you have the experience. You're like, all right, I, I need to know. And that's where you, that's where coaching comes. It's in, it's okay? it's not necessarily a cheat sheet, but it's like you kind of once once you tap into your human design and learn and go to your website and learn all these tools, you're, it's just going to make things so much easier because you're not putting the power once into you, somebody else, right? You're putting the power. Really costing you, really costing you, because what happens in the world today is people think I have all the information, I can read about it, so I'm going to know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. I've gotten results in my life and all the people that I know who really are elite at what they do is because they've have other people show them the shortcuts coaching. So you're not going to be able to watch a YouTube video and read and figure out all the answers to your personal situation. You're going to need to have some type of coaching, which you make the investment in. Now, why do I say you need to make the investment in coaching? Because you need to show the universe that you're serious. And the only way you show the universe you're serious by energy Mm. And energy is time and money. So you have to make the investment in you, pure and simple. You're not paying me. I'm the conduit that's, that you're using so that you can show the universe that you're serious. Well, <laughs> okay. just to make sure that everybody listening uses you as the conduit, because mm-hmm. we definitely, I, I'm going to use you as a conduit because I feel like I'm- I feel like I'm a perfect. <laughs> I feel like I'm a perfect client for you. To be honest, yeah. let, me, let me just say the other thing about that. I want to. I want people to be clear that when I I start by having an interview with people because I want to make sure that we are a match for each other. We have to be a match for mm. each other. You can pay me all the money you want to pay me, and if I don't feel like you're a match, I'm not taking it because the energy isn't right. Mm-hmm. And then what do I do in those circumstances? That's why I have a lot of colleagues that I could say, okay, you know, you're not a match for me, but where you are, here's the person you can go to. So no, I don't take everybody. Uh, what I do is I figure out, is this going to be a good fit? So you think you're checking me out and I'm checking you out. If I think you're crazy, I'm going to be like, oh no, um, I won't even offer you anything. It's I won't offer you anything. <laughs> it's just like dating. And that's why I think all of these tools that you've touched on and even dove into are really great for everyone to keep in mind that it's like a way of life. 
and you put it into dating, which is a huge part of your life and relationships, it's going to infiltrate in every aspect of your life. And it's like a way you need to be living, right? So your books, which are on Amazon and all over your social media, people need to get, go to drveronica.com and find, take the assessment, you guys, like, you could even get a coaching and go deeper if you want, but this is all so, so helpful. And like we said a hundred times, dating and relationships are so complicated. So thank you for uncomplicating it, uncomplicating it a little, even though now I have a hundred thousand other questions to ask you. Ah, that is for another and, show. But for now, for now, um, remind everyone again one more time where they can find you on social media so that they can keep following you for all your great tips and tricks. So drveronica.com, at drveronica on Instagram. And let me just say to the males listening out there, some of my best clients are men, because I got to tell you, men tend to listen much different than women. A lot of times women think they know everything about these particular areas. And so they're not coachable. Whereas men- Wait, say it louder for the people in the back. Oh, he said it. I hope I can sort of fight, but I got to just say, so so I want just men to know out there, if you're not afraid and you admit that you need help, a lot of times men get very rapid results because they're not as resistant. They don't want to fight it or anything like that. They said, what I've been doing is not working. I know I need to do something different. So by the time they come, Mm -hmm. they're really ready to follow because part of being coached is you have to have trust and faith in the process and do what your coach tells you what to do. When we ask ask for help, we're ready to get the help. A lot of times the other gender, when they ask for help, they don't want to hear the answer. The other gender, that was so... what? I'm name. just saying, not not male. I'm <laughs> just got saying. It. Yeah, we got that. Well, so anyway, I appreciate we'll... that. It's true. Acknowledgement is nice sometimes. Yeah. So it's true. I, I I honestly, in my experience in life, could say that that's probably makes sense for me too. What you said. Yes, I have a lot of wonderful women clients. <laughs> But the women clients want me to prove to them. mm -hmm. I can see that. Why I should. And I'm like, I'm not proving anything to you. You either you do or you don't buy. Yeah. We come, we're like, we we don't know. You come after, you do your research. And when you get on the call with me, you be ready. Because I'm not playing games. I don't have time to play games. I'd rather go play with my dog than play with somebody who's going to second guess everything. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of your time, too. So it just means you're not ready. You're not, you haven't had enough frustration and pain yet to listen. Here, here. Here, here. And we just want to say to everybody listening, if you're ready to listen to more dating and relationshipy stuff and continue on this path to becoming a master dater, Please subscribe, rate, comment, share the show with a friend. We will be back next week with more. And if you want to continue and stay up to speed with all things Master Daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. You can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meds. You can find me at Forever's Evers, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-S-E-V-O-R-S on Instagram. And you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meds as well. And we'll be back next week. Bye, guys. And we have to have Dr. Veronica. We have to have you back for sure. Yeah. Part two. This, You're delightful. This is us pursuing you for number yeah. two. We're asking Putting it you. out there. Yeah. Manifesting. Thank you awesome. so much. All right. Thank you. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady, come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. <laughs>